Coming up, you asked us questions, and we are going to do our best to give you information about those questions you asked. From the Bob Varley studio in Orlando, Florida, this is the Universal Edition of The Diz Unplugged. Universal Edition. The Diz Unplugged Universal Edition is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, experts at helping you plan the perfect universal vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of the Diz Unplugged Universal Edition, uh, soon to be renamed. I am your host, Craig Williams. Uh, I say soon to be renamed. I explained it, I believe, on last week's episode uh, because we are going through a sort of rebranding with the Diz Unplugged brand. Uh, we're, we're dropping this as an edition show, but uh, we've been so busy with that rebranding that we forgot to also rebrand this at the same time. So uh, we're still rocking, rocking it in the free world right now, just as we are and should be. I don't know if I said who I am. I'm Craig Williams. You did. If I already twice, said that. Not introduced <laughs> me yet. If I already said that, I am Craig Williams. And if I haven't, I am Craig Williams. And I am also joined alongside by my co-host, Rhino Clavin. Oh well, hello there. Hi. And our new co-co-host, yeah. Rocket. Yeah, he's our back there. He's giving me the creep eyes. Yeah, like. I know. I, I I know that I'm wearing the headphones, but he's actually our new audio engineer. So yeah. this is obviously <laughs> a gag that only works for uh, visuals. So if you're listening to this, I'm sorry. So I do have a question about our show right now. Are we technically that prince that was in the middle where he just had the symbol? Yes. We're, so we're not like we're like the artist formerly known as the Diz Unplugged <laughs> Universal Edition. Yes, but we we haven't accepted a new name on top of it too. So we're right in between there. Yeah. 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 It's fun times to be in this place. So I regret um, getting that tattoo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For all those people <laughs> out there who bought all that merch that said Universal Edition, I am so sorry. Uh, it's now it's now what we would call in the biz a collector's item because it will not be around forever. And I'm, I know I'm saying this right now, and now it's going to be around for like another six months down the road until we finally do something about it. But none of that's important. Uh, what is important today is getting to our show, which we have have, which I said uh, is a question and answer episode. So we put the call out weeks ago for questions and, you know, life got in the way, of course. So we, we put this one on the back burner until this one this week, that is. So, uh, yeah, we have we have our question and answer episode. We got a couple questions for you here. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven ish with some having multiple questions in there. So, you know, it's just just a good round there. There were there are ones that we haven't used, so we will save them in the event that we're using them in the future and they can be used. And we'll, of course, we'll put a call out for more in the future when we're ready to do another one of these. But just letting you know, if your question wasn't answered on this one, it's not necessarily never going to get answered. Just not this one right away. But we will get to that before uh, we do jump into it. I do want to point out uh, one correction from last week's episode about Halloween Horror Nights. So I... Sorry, you reminded me of something about Halloween Horror Nights I wanted to check before. Oh, no, that that is perfectly fine. So, uh, yeah, last week we were, of course, talking about uh, all the new announcements with Halloween Horror Nights that came out, including uh, the, the three scare zones and... Um, and uh, Academy of Villains, and with that, I we were instantly talking about Academy of Villains just going back into its old place, 
with using utilizing the stage that they build for Rock the Universe and uh, and doing that system of, of just having it there in public. And I thought that's what they would genuinely do because to me, that makes the most sense. It's the Academy of Villains is a high energy show that is uh, features dancing that's most impressive when you're right up close and in the action. Mm-hmm. But uh, a couple of the comments came through and then saw other sites talking about it on Twitter as well, that uh, with the decision to move to 10 houses, that that meant that meant Academy of Villains for some reason had to be placed inside of Fear Factor Live since that would be the only show and there wouldn't be another one. And so then I got official confirmation uh, by by my person who knows everything on it. Not that I mean, it was officially confirmed by other sources too. And then I finally got it from my end, knowing that it is actually going to happen, that Academy of Villains is going to take place in Fear Factor. But I apologize for saying that it was most likely going to be back out on the stage because to me, that made the most sense. And I did hear the rumors that were surrounding that, okay, well, if, if there wasn't, uh, you know, if there was only going to be one show, then they might choose to move it in there. Uh, but I just, I have not understood the idea behind putting Academy of Villains inside Fear Factor Live. To me, that just flat out makes no sense at all. Um, it's uh, like, honestly, if you're watching it in a stadium like that, it, to me, more than anything else, it would feel like you're watching like a dance recital in an yeah. auditorium from far away. And uh, I plus the angle's different because you're up looking down yeah. there, and there normally the dance troops are above you dancing. Exactly. It's it help that helps with the wonderment when you're down below the action, looking up on it. Uh, last year they added in the crowd interaction where they would walk through the crowd. I mean, yeah, they could walk down the stairs and stuff, but not quite the exact same uh on top of that it's like if the show is what it was before only like that 15 to 20 minutes there's a chance that it could take longer to load in to fear factor live get in that stadium than the actual show will even last in length i mean i'm sure it's it's not going to be that insane but if the if they do expect to fill the entire stadium up which is a big stadium, it could take longer to fill in than the actual show length is itself. But uh, I'm sure maybe they'll try to extend the show or maybe they have the plan that it's only going to be half filled every night. But something about it just, it, it feels off to me. It takes, it's, I'm sure the show will still be amazing. Academy of Villains is a highlight. It's just, I liked being able to be right up on the fence, right next, right in front of the stage where you could watch it all happening so close up. You can't do that inside Fear Factor. And by having the stage outside of that Hollywood area, at least then you're like, it it does take away from traffic there and it causes a bottleneck, but you build it there. It's still like, it's still a good place to watch the show. And then they don't have to take fear factor live down for that entire season because there's a set put there. Yeah. But I mean, who watches Fear Factor Live anyway? So I don't know if that's really a thought or consideration I can't on it. I imagine but it's very popular still. I don't know. No. But so, yeah, I'm sorry to go off on that, but I just wanted to make sure that I, I corrected it, that even though we talked about that, it will be inside Fear Factor Live. Well, and I think I might have asked about uh, frequent fear passes last time. If not, it wasn't during the show or whatever, because 
last year yeah. they took a long time to come out with those and apparently they came out with them right after yeah. we finished recording when we were recording so yeah. there's like the four the uh, the rush of fear frequent fear and then fear plus and then the ultimate frequent fear pass yeah. that you can get i'm gonna do the plus one i think because yeah. it includes fridays that's what i will be doing too yeah but okay with that now we will move into our questions that we have and this first one comes this first little ditty comes from glenn and uh glenn yeah that glenn glenn sturgis yeah that glenn uh it actually it still keeps on the halloween horror nights talk so uh we'll hopefully be able to help glenn with this one but glenn says i'm uh i'm excited for this episode you should be and glenn says i'm thinking about visiting universal for fall for hhn for the first time and i'm wondering if a two-night ticket would be worth it based on what i've heard about the event over the years and how it's only in the studios and not ioa it seems like we could cover most if not the full list of the houses and scare zones in one night so my question is what do you guys think is it a multi-night ticket better for other reasons or simply just an option for guests who want more than one night to do it all well honestly i think it, it there's a couple of factors in there too so it depends i know he said fall but it depends when in the fall yeah. because it it gets very busy where um unlike so this last year they had it past halloween which they did the year before which was the first time and that year it was empty and then this but that was right around the hurricane i guess too or it was because of the hurricane or something but then this year it was so busy that we could only do like two houses so it depends what time you're gonna go also just from my perspective, from working at the Diz when we started to go and not having the frequent fear pass, I needed more than one day to absorb everything that I saw and like think back on it. Because I remember we did a show and we were talking about it and I was like, I can't even remember half of the things I did because one, I got so scared, I forgot everything. And like two, there's just so much detail in this that I yeah. think if if you're like on the fence about it, I'd say go on the other side of the fence. And get the multiple nights. Yeah, I mean, here's the deal. It's with a perfect plan that includes having your tickets, but also having daytime park admission. uh, So that way you can take advantage of the stay and scream. uh, Get in whatever will be the most popular house that get in that area for stay and scream. So you can knock that out of the way immediately. And then after that, do your best to run around and hit as many houses that are open before it opens for the general public. And then at that point, hopefully, hopefully you don't have a lot left to do. Like if you can, if you can nail out three to four houses during the stay and scream period, which can be possible if, if you're good and you're lucky and you're able to get around to all the areas, if you can do that, you can, you could potentially have it all done in one night, especially now that we don't have Bill and Ted to worry about because Mm -hmm. including bill and ted in there you know you had you had to line up a little bit early you wanted maybe 30 minutes early and then once you're loaded in you might have a 10 minute wait then the show itself and then getting out of there uh that that did eat up a lot of time so without that this year uh that that changes things a little bit but uh you know you still even with that tactic you need to hope for a not so busy night and then also a a a night that doesn't end at like midnight you want to make sure that it's it's going to like 1 or 2 a.m and then you could probably do it all in one night but i'm with rhino it's it it's enough if you just want to go and say you did everything once that's great and all but chances are you're gonna have that house that 
ends up blowing you away or even multiple houses that you're going to tell yourself, oh, I want to actually stay and do this one again Come on, and again. Stranger and again. Things. Come on. Right away, I know you're going to want to go through that house. If you are even remotely interested in going to that house because you're a fan of the show, there is no way that you are not going to want to go through that house more than once. That yep. house alone. Trick or treat, I know we're going to want to go through a bunch of times, too. Yep. Uh, there's. I'm sure there's going to be a lot that I'm going to want to go through multiple times. Uh, it, well, I know I will, but just if I only had one night, there was probably going to be a handful that I would want to do multiple times. So you have to factor that in, too. Uh, so having the second night gives you that option of saying okay, well, I I don't have to freak out the first night. You know, I can stop and eat every now and then. Pizza I fries. Can, yeah, I, if, <laughs> if they have them. Uh, you can take your time. You can go to the bars. You can sit inside scare zones and just actually watch it for a while instead of saying, okay, I walked through. I got my taste of that. Sometimes if you sit in there for 5, 10, 15 minutes just absorbing the atmosphere, you can end up watching – some people get the pants scared off them in ways that you would just have to be lucky if you were like hoping that you saw something like that the one time you're walking through. So I personally, and Rhino agrees, it's mm. just do the extra night. If it's an option, do it. It's it's much less stressful too on top of that. Yeah. So like you really do want to enjoy yourself. You don't want to be like running around like crazy. And like, like Craig said, like honestly, it's a lot to be able to see the shows and the, and the houses. Yeah. Like it, it feels too full almost, you yep. know? Um, so kind of trailing off of this, uh, Fabian asked a question, uh, a two-part question. I'm only going to answer the second one. And uh, Fabian asked that we cover Halloween Horror Nights from the first day it starts. And uh, however, we never go and cover Bush Gardens Hallow Scream. And I, okay, why and don't we do that and compare the two events? Well... I don't know the answer to that. However, I have heard. I mean, I guess I know, but I I have heard that event's actually really good too. Yeah. And there's like a, a version of that event you can do where they feed you ahead of time and then let you go into the park early and stuff. My friend Alan tries to get me to go every year, and it's just a, it's been a timing thing. Yeah. So I'm going to try this year. Yeah, that's a, I I've been once once before and it was years ago though, like back when I was still a Universal employee. Um, I. It's just one of those things. It usually comes down to the fact that uh, for me, I live on the the north side of Disney. So it's by the time, yeah, by the time I get down to I four and then travel to Tampa, I go to Tampa regularly for the breweries and uh, other experiences around there because I love it. But getting to Bush Gardens, especially like on a weekend night, I mean, I, I'm looking at a solid hour and a half ride because traffic to Tampa is terrible. So honestly, that's a lot of the times why I get dissuaded from going to Tampa on the weekends is because of that very reason. So uh, I, I wish I had a better reason than that. It just is pure. I don't want to sit in the car and deal with all of that hassle. But it is something I would like to try this year, considering uh, we, we have covered so many aspects of Halloween Horror Nights that it would be kind of cool to do that immediate comparison and we we uh, loved not scary yeah. farm i know that's in california but it's kind of the idea that we experienced a new halloween thing that i want yeah so we'll, we'll, hopefully we'll cover that this year though mm. yeah so uh, we have to just put together our list and you know what if we end up just buying tickets for Hallow scream and saying we're going to do it and not giving ourselves an option to get out of it yeah we're both cheap enough to say 
if we buy it, yeah, I'm not gonna. we're not passing <laughs> it up. So we might just have to do that. But uh, thank you for suggesting it and keeping it in the back of our minds. So this next one comes from Jennifer. And Jennifer says that she's in the beginning of the beginning stages of planning a first universal trip with her 13 year old daughter over Thanksgiving break this year. Oh, nice. She often hears about how heavy Disney crowds are over Christmas holidays as well as Thanksgiving week, but can never really find much information about universal crowds during Thanksgiving week. Uh, she'll only be going to the parks for two days and on weekdays, not weekend days. So she's still working on scheduling which of those weekdays uh, she wants the trip to fall on. Can we give her any insight on what to expect? It's over. It's over Thanksgiving. Is that what she said? Thanksgiving saying? week hasn't picked the actual days. I but think. I think that week, the literally the day is right before Thanksgiving. I don't. I find to be fairly, or I have found in the past to be manageable. Like it seems like, like you go right up to it, and then afterwards it's just a people, 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 people. I, I don't know. That's that's just me. Yeah, I um, I definitely I, I don't want. I want to say I was in and around Disney this past year because my family came down. Uh, I don't think we went to Universal Thanksgiving. No, 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 we did go over to Universal because we went to see the nighttime lights at Hogwarts Castle. Mm -hmm. And it was definitely slammed. I want to say that would have been the night before Thanksgiving. Okay. Um, I, I could be wrong on those dates, but that was also for a very specific thing that was to go see the nighttime lights and uh we watched the parade and we didn't have to stake out too long uh for that and i, I want to say i remember they went in on like et or something and uh and uh got on pretty pretty quickly so i would say like the night before thanksgiving expect moderate level crowds not heavy heavy but definitely moderate uh Thanksgiving Day, honestly, it, it I feel like it's a crapshoot. I've seen days that are slammed at Universal on Thanksgiving, and I've worked days there uh, back when I worked there that Thanksgiving was just completely dead. Mm. And it was just ironic that, you know, we're, we're all called into work this holiday that's supposed to be crazy. And, and it's not. Then it's just absolutely not. So um, I really think it is just based also around what's happening that year. If is there something new that it's attracting people to Central Florida? What's going on? So I, I that day I can't really give you a lot of insight on it just based on my past experiences. Is that it really is hit or miss? So you could get lucky, you might not. Uh, Black Friday is always bad into yeah. that weekend. It's just going to be bad. So not that you would have to worry about it. So I would say uh, potentially, like if that you're talking that whole week of Thanksgiving, like you get in on Sunday or Monday and you're there through Black Friday and all that, I would say probably uh, looking at like that Tuesday, Wednesday mm -hmm. might be might be decent days, but. Again, that that could all go out the window. But those are probably the ones I would feel most comfortable with. Uh, Mondays, again, they're those it, just like at Walt Disney World. Everyone always says, "Well, Magic Kingdom's always going to be busy on a Monday." Um, I've found in the past from times that I've been to Universal that Mondays have been crazy too. But uh, you know, you just you never know. It, it, it could always it could always change, but. I would say that Tuesday, Wednesday. That would be my advice. And moving on, this next one comes from 
Sean. And Sean says, we've booked a week at Portofino Bay, arriving Sunday, January 27th, uh, which Sean believes is the same week as a celebration of Harry Potter for 2019, if they announce it and when they announce it. Uh, they're... Um, they are Potter fans, just not huge fans and want to avoid crazy crowds. But is there anything that we would consider a must or do to see for this event? Mm, I don't know anymore because we've been doing it for so long that it's, I don't know. Yeah. I, I didn't even switch to you with them. You didn't. So, so no, I was, that's why I, I stopped was, talking. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, eh. uh, no, I don't. Um, I mean, I enjoy, like obviously probably i guess the big highlight would be the um panel with the actors whoever they may get assuming that they get some names that you that you care about and then um i thought the harry potter live the music thing was cool the kickoff like you know the the yeah, thing they do on the music stage but yeah and that probably won't even come back this next year if we have it this next year you don't think so well, I mean, it, they change the entertainment for the opening night celebration every year. That's so true. So it's never the yeah. same thing twice. Uh, I I would agree with you on if there is a celebrity panel happening, attend that. Yeah. Um, if you're not a huge Potter fan, but you're just like, okay, I want to do something involved with it, I would absolutely say that. Try to get into one of those because at the end of the day, they're celebrities talking about their experiences on yeah. the movie. So it's you don't get to do that all the time. Uh, and then the only other thing I would say is, don't waste your time waiting in lines at the expo and such. Yeah. Um, don't don't bother with that. Just walk around the park and see people dressed up. And while you're doing everything else you want to do as part of your vacation, just take that in and be like, oh, it's cool that I also get to see all these cosplayers. Yeah, it's, it's like exactly. It's like a like a um, like for us like our MegaCon. Like I don't have to do panels for that. I just like seeing the people in the costumes. So you'll see like a ton of Harry Potter themed stuff like i feel like that'll be enough for you that's why it's great because this event is free with your ticket yeah sean does have a follow-up question too and we're not going to uh go fully into it but sean said what would your perfect week at universal look like for first timers uh it must include at least two days of downtime based on you know people going to disney and being tired when they come back so just uh, I think we should answer this question on like based on like okay Universal Studios a day Islands of Adventure a day maybe two days like that but then factor in so seven days you have to fill those slots two days are downtime so five days water park what do you do oh well I, I do a park a day but you have the hopper so you can cross over if you want or whatever and you do Cabana not Cabana Bay Volcano Bay for the third day. Then you got your two rest days in there, I guess, if you want. Although I consider the water park to be a rest day, but whatever. Um, and then I'd, I'd say three days at those parks, one day at the water park. That's four, the two rest days, six, and then seven go off property if you want it somewhere. Hmm. See, uh, I didn't even think about that in there. Uh, with my mind on that, I would do probably, you get there, you want to do the parks right away. So a park day. Mm -hmm. And then I would say uh, Volcano Bay. And then I would say another park day. And then after that, I would say take a day of rest. Yeah. And then I would say hit it hard with uh, Volcano Bay. Two Volcano Bay days. Huh? Two Volcano Bay days. Okay. Do another park day. Mm-hmm. Or no, sorry, Volcano Bay. Then do your another day of rest. Just relax. Yeah. And then finish off on a on a heavy park day where you get to do everything else in there. But I I would put, I would do a lot of resting in the middle. 
That's just how how I would do it. Do See, like I would I would put that rest. second cabana bay at the end because I feel like you leave on that beach like note. I don't know, uh, but then you're I get where you're going though with the theme park and the you can want to yeah. leave on that high, you know. That that's how it would be for me because I know my last day. Anytime I'm at like Disneyland, yeah, uh, I'm, running I'm running around beat to beat to beat. I would do the same thing if I was coming here and I had that last day. But I would, I would put those days of rest in the middle, just because it's you know, just because it's a rest day. I mean, we're still talking about going and hanging out at City Walk, exploring the different hotels, maybe even going offsite like that. But, um, yeah, yeah. Wow. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. <laughs> I, to I, I couldn't cover it. I don't know. I was done talking. Yeah, you're like, wow. 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 Owen Wilson. Good job. Yeah. Okay. Our next one comes from Liz. And Liz says, where Walt Disney World is geared towards kids of all ages, there's stroller parking and numerous prices, Ugh, prices throughout strollers. the parks. Universal attracts a more adult crowd. Are there still several locations in each park for stroller parking? Uh, yeah, of course there are. It's just, it's not even it's not even like yes, it gear it it like trends older, but not like older older. I feel like look at Seuss Landing. Yeah, you know, like there's a plenty of a uh, kid area. There's the the cartoon area that I cannot remember the name of Toon Lagoon right now, yeah. and um like the the Woody Woody Woodpecker's Kid Zone and stuff uh-huh. like that, but. I, I will say I don't see as many strollers at Universal. However, there are definitely strollers at Universal and definitely places to park them, but it's not the epidemic that it is at Walt Disney yes. World. Exactly. That's exactly what I was going to say. Uh, where you see at Walt Disney World, like I think about the area right outside of the carousel. Yep, that's literally what was in my mind right now, too. <laughs> yeah, which is just usually about 200 strollers all parked in the same area compact area jutting and out like into an the area street. where you're like i need to get i need to walk through that area who was yeah. like this is where the strollers should go like yeah. come on somebody's gonna break a leg someday but, i mean it's also a mess right outside of that jungle cruise area because i think they park it from jungle cruise as well as then um like the magic the, carpet yeah the carpet right that's so a that's, messy area that's all messy and pirates it's like that yeah. whole trifecta yeah and so i think about those areas and the first thing you have to realize at Universal is that it's not like that. No. Uh, stroller parking areas are much smaller. I they, can't even think of an area like those at, at the, Universal. There isn't. There aren't any areas where it's like a cluster. This is meant for 300 strollers in this one area. Like the one outside of Forbidden Journey that would get used. I mean, we would have overflow all the time because it was probably built for maybe like 15 strollers. That's probably being too generous for that. I would say oh, maybe yeah, like 10. Yeah. Um, it, mo- most people just went and ended up and that had to share it with ECVs as well. So mm. ECVs and strollers in this area, we would overflow. People would park random places all around, but uh, that that's kind of telling of how little strollers come through it's not like you can't bring them there it's just it's much more contained Mm -hmm. uh so yes you will find plenty of stroller parking areas but to to help on the stress it's not like you have to you have to really search high and far for your stroller in a mess of all the other ones so do not be dissuaded from coming away universal does have uh at the end of the day with kids uh, we just went there with our, our friend Mary, and she's there with her kids. At the end of the day, even when there's attractions they can't do, there's plenty of playgrounds in other areas that sometimes kids just want to go and run around on. Yeah. So there's always 
always something out there. Uh, our next question is going to come from Kelsey. And Kelsey says, uh, I love Disney World. One of the reasons is that it reminds me of my childhood and I can ride some of the attractions that I could as a child. It hurts my feelings that I can't say the same about Universal. I know I probably read it cr- incorrectly. No, you just called her Mary, I just realized, too. Oh, yeah, no. I yeah, can't. okay. <laughs> Sorry, I was confused. Yeah. No. Okay. <laughs> no, I do that. It helps throw her off the trail. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, Kelsey says, question, how do you feel about there being almost no original attractions slash rides left at Universal Studios? I don't care. I, I don't even mean that in a mean way. Like, it's, it's, there are some I get bummed out about, you know, like, it, it, it's it's not like it's not like Disney where it has the same type of a history of creation with it. It's more of a is the property relevant and is the attraction beloved? And you know, Universal had a weird kind of start to it, and I do miss Back to the Future quite a bit. And I do love Springfield. Don't get me wrong. I mean, that ride though makes me sick. But um, I. That's one of the. That's probably the only one where I was really like. Even the Ghostbuster show, I was like, man, I wish they had something like that still. But then I watch it and I'm like, mm, this was definitely dated. But like Back to the Future, I would have, I would have loved that stick around still. But I, it, it's, it lives in the same way that I guess Disneyland has to live. It only has so much space until recently, yeah. but it has to keep things fresh. So I actually feel like it keep it drives them to kind of make sure that stuff stays up to up to par these days. You know, yeah i i I think the ultimate thing that kind of what you hinted on there is this is not a knock on Universal uh, for saying this, but I feel like Disney, in some instances, they they were smart about how they designed their rides because they designed uh, some of them to be genuinely timeless. Mm-hmm. Uh, things like Jungle Cruise and and. Um, and a lot of the dark rides like pirates or haunted mansion yeah you know those they're they're like things that they're stories and adventures and the way they're told that they it's like what you said they're going to be timeless you're always going to hear stories about pirates and ghosts and i believe that universal has created attractions also in that same realm that are timeless i think et is acid trippy as it is Uh, is timeless i thought that jaws was timeless however uh, in the case of, and that's one that I will say that, you know, I didn't have those universal rides from my childhood because I didn't go. I didn't go until I was an adult and working there. And uh, so I don't have, I don't have the memories of Back to the Future, Ring Kong, and Original Earthquake Before Disaster. I don't have any of that. All I have is E.T. and Jaws uh, Horror Makeup Show. Those were the only three, I think, when I started going that were opening day. And You didn't so, even have Back to the Future? Nope. Oh, you never got to do Back to the Future? Nope, only on the DVD. Oh, my goodness. I didn't know that. Sorry, that was the first ride that I really, like, my brother and I was like, I can do this. And because I loved it so much. I mean, I've already told the story on the show before. uh, See, the thing, though, is I watched the DVD of it, and I could, I would argue that based on watching that, there is no way that it 
it still was relevant. Okay, um, well here's here's the here's what I'm going to say. The argument I'm going to make uh, is that um, the thing that annoys me, I guess, most with that is that the attraction that replaced it used is the exact attraction. Yeah. So it's still the car that goes up and takes you through the adventure in the dome. And I I do love the Simpsons. I I think with the other ones like Jaws, which I did also really I I it does. There's a sad part that there's no Jaws, but it's also like they weren't made with the same types of technology that Disney was using in the storytelling capacity that Disney was using. So like I feel like those those sort of attractions with their technology became dated like you said like yeah. you know you're you're saying timeless. I felt like Back to the Future was something that could have been upgraded and done with. So that's the only one where I'm like this is the one where I'm yeah. like I feel like it prematurely left. I uh, I, I'm not doing it again. Only basing it on watching the video. Yeah, of the it is. Attraction. It is hard when you're watching it's, that DVD video of it because the DVD video, you're like, "Well, this is well, weird." It's they can't. They can only. They can update the projection on it. They can make it 4K, all that, but they wouldn't be able to change the look of Back to the Future because Back to the Future was very 80s. true. True, true. That's part of why, as much as I miss the original video for Star Tours uh, with. Rex piloting and mm-hmm. having the Death Star run and going through the comet as much as I miss all that because that to me will always be the ultimate Star Tours I I think about it in that same sense of like it was starting to look a little old there at the end and yeah. feel really old and now comparing that to like with the ultimate one that you can get which is uh, Jakku followed by then doing um crate yeah doing crate where uh ryan johnson literally designed going through the actual inside of that based on star tours so oh, it did came it really? full circle yeah the whole all the red crystals inside crate he designed that as a nod to star tours flying through the comet oh comet. that's cool and so it, it came full circle and then having it end in batu like I felt like that that embodies a lot of what the original Star Tours did. And so that's finally like the first one where I'm like, this was worth it to upgrade. But with Back to the Future, I don't I still don't I love Simpsons. I, I love the Simpsons ride. Yeah, I, I think like, it's yeah. so much fun. I think it's it doesn't funny. make me sick. Uh, well the thing is it's hard because I do like the actual ride, like the movie yeah. you're watching. I think it's hilarious. I think there's so yeah. many jokes in it, and I think if you can stomach it, it's repeatable. It's just a disconnect between a cartoon and what was real, I guess, yeah. before. I, but I just finishing my thought of it, I think that is still, as much as they've done such a great job with the area, they are going to have to look at that very soon. I, I agree with um, you about the attraction, yeah. And it's so i think that's even going to be on they're going to add a question mark onto that in the future because now that you know once we see what happens with woody woody woodpecker's kid zone uh it's you are running out of things that are old and dated so kind of circling back with the question the only one that i'm really sad about still is jaws because i did feel like that was timeless i felt like that could have stayed that being said Diagon Alley is a much better use of that space. I think I think that's part of it. What comes at what occupied it afterwards, and maybe that's that's where my emotion is actually running to. Because I, you know, you do bring up Jaws, and the more I'm sitting here thinking about, it, the more I'm thinking like that. Even if you don't watch the movie, if you don't watch whatever, it's still a ride where you're in a boat and a shark is attacking yeah. you, and it's it was exciting and thrilling, and you know, it could, the technology could have been updated and stuff. But what we got in place of yeah. was so much 
Yeah. More. And I, t- as much as some people would argue against it, so far as Universal has gone through their, uh, their very, um, their slashing phase that they're in right now, for the most part, I would say they've only made positive changes and impacts. Uh, looking back at Transformers, adding adding Transformers into the space that wasn't really utilized. I mean, throughout the years with Murder, She Wrote and Xena and all that. I mean, that was... I forgot there was even anything in yeah. there. When that when that attraction showed up, I was just like, what was here before? You know, exactly. and that's a, I think that's a good testament. Yeah. I don't think I ever did anything that was in there before it was Transformers. So that was a great upgrade. Um, even going back before that time, using using uh, Mummy in place of Kong, while Kong, I feel like, is a better IP in the long run, Mummy is a great coaster. Mm-hmm. It is so much fun. We just did it again the other day, and I know we basically do it every single time we go in the park. Oh, yeah, it's an every time It's thing. just so much fun. It is It is a well-rounded attraction. So um, that's that was a better use of space. Uh, you know, Twister was dumb fun, and as much as I hate Jimmy Fallon, I think overall... The building that's there... The structure there is utilizing its space much better. Thank you. Yeah. That's uh, the attraction isn't necessarily, if I had my choice between would I rather stand and watch Twister or sit and watch Fallon's ride? I would rather stand and watch Twister, but Fallon became more than that because of the use of the whole pre-show area yeah. and the entertainment and so I would argue that that is an upgrade. Uh Despicable Me upgrading from Hanna-Barbera was a big yeah. upgrade. Um uh, but but Blue Man Group from Nickelodeon. Not so much. Downgrade. Um, And we still don't have the exact uh, knowledge of what is going into Terminator 2. But whatever it is, I have to assume is going to be an upgrade because that show at the end of its life was looking just pretty awful. And, uh, you know, I know there are I know there are Beetlejuice purist fans out there and Earthquake fans who would rather have that back. Um, And you know what? Uh, I still I enjoy Fast and Furious. Honestly, I I also look at it from a way that I can understand why people would want those two things back. I think Fast and Furious is a better use of the space for right now. But I also think that by adding Fast and the Furious in now, when that does get out of date and relevant, I feel like Universal is going to be able to pull it faster than if they would have left Earthquake in that space even longer yeah. and build up that nostalgia even more for it. But that's just my opinion on it. So, you know, again, arguably speaking, most of the changes that they have made have been for the better. So it's, uh, yeah, it sucks that there's not all these original things, but you know what? Universal has been brave in proving the theory that these places aren't museums and they need to change and adapt with the times. Mm -hmm. And I, just because it's something, you know, I, it also lets you know, you got to get out there and do it because you're not guaranteed. It's not always going to be there every time you're there. The, the biggest test I think will be seeing what happens with Hollywood studios and Epcot after their reimagining phases have finished. Um, Because if we walk on the other side of those saying, Holy crap, they did such a great job with all of this, then then Disney has just proven that they can curb the nostalgia mm-hmm. and leave behind things of the past in order for the future. And 
I mean, that's eventually that will translate into the Magic Kingdom and and uh, and other and I mean, Disneyland's already happened that. with that. We'll but see. no, I I eventually they if it is a success with those two parks, what's clearly people want to stay up with the time, and there's only so many. There are some instances where things should stay because they are timeless. Again, so like we've said, but uh, you know. They, it's it's the right model going towards the Just future. Give me an is the idea right for model. best and worst show. <laughs> Very good. Uh, I'm glad I could help with that. But that was actually our last question. I was I can't believe our last question took up like 20 minutes of the discussion. I'm not quite sure if it was that long, but uh, we we have a couple. Like I said, we have a couple more we could probably throw in. But I think that was a good place to end on. It was nice and introspective and uh, pretty pretty fun. So thank you, Rhino, for answering those questions with me yeah they were good questions yeah good good questions everyone good work guys yeah thank you guys and i shouldn't be just thanking rhino i should be thanking you all of you out there for sending in your questions we did appreciate it because it helped us get this episode out there so thank you so much for it and uh again thank you so much to everyone out there who watched and listened to this we do appreciate it um if you need any more links or information head over to disunplugged.com that's the home of our show notes page for this show and all the others on the disunplugged podcast network uh there also be links to our email there uopodcast at disunplugged.com as well as links to our social media channels on facebook twitter and instagram instagram uh if you're watching this on youtube of course make sure you hit that thumbs up button if you enjoyed it and you leave comments down below especially in regards to that last question i want to hear what a lot of people have to say about that so please do so uh and yeah make sure you're subscribed please thank you and if you're listening to this on itunes of course always rate and review and subscribe us subscribe to us there missed a word uh i think i'm missing a lot of words now but Hey, my day's almost over, so I'm allowed to. But yes, again, thank you to everyone out there who listened and watched this. We do appreciate it. Thank you again to Rhino. And we will see you again next week with the next episode of the Dis Unplugged Universal Edition. But until then, remember, no resolutions. <laughs>